Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. Welcome into footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You can watch us on the simulcast, Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. The game hotline is 706-0111, 706-0111. Folks, I'm just, I'm just going to be transparent and honest like I normally am. I need, I need therapy. I, 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 need, I need help. I, 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 I'm yesterday I'm at work minding my own business, writing from the press conference and filling out budgets and trying to figure out the week that's, you know, in prep and college in the area and, and, you know, are they going to get rained out and should we try to cover a game tomorrow? Is it futile to plan to cover one because it's going to get rained out anyway? I mean, just trying to figure all that out. Just a normal Monday of planning out the week. And um, I I get this alert. And, and it's like, I just, Saturday, I'm going to cover a game. We got spring game, spring football. We've got softball game baseball's on the road just figuring all that day out and 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 you know i get a call from a friend i, I just heard it again everyone is convinced nationally y'all are picking a quarterback and so then yesterday as as i explain i'm trying to do where i get this alert oh saints quarterback news i'm like i just can't take it anymore i don't know what i'm going to do like i said I texted Gerald. I said, I don't think I'm going to make through the next two weeks. He said, well, just don't pay attention. I said, like, if I worked in another field, like if I was a welder or something, I could do that. But it's kind of hard to, this is what I do. I I don't, it's kind of hard to ignore the NFL draft talk for the next two weeks. The, the, you know, I you know, I thank God all the time that he put me in the, in the position that I am. I don't know what I would have done in life if he hadn't given me all these opportunities he did. So I thank, I thank God all the time for that. But for these two weeks, I don't know how I'm going to make it. I'm just telling you all right now. Uh, it, 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 first of all, look, I'm trying to be as open-minded – as possible. But it's difficult on this subject because I have so categorically against picking a quarterback in general. But it's even, I really think that if the Saints trade up for a quarterback, which is what yesterday's big alert was about. 
again, I, 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 I think picking a quarterback in the first round, unless you're a struggling franchise and you're trying to start over, is stupid. Okay. That's just my – that's been my take for a long time. Any take you have, there's going to be some exceptions. But in – that would be my philosophy, and I'm so thankful that the Saints had that philosophy for, you know, for basically its existence. But if you I, – I, if they stay and pick a quarterback at 16 – or 19, I will be upset, very upset, like very upset. But I wouldn't be able to say it's the dumbest thing that has been done. This, but, but if the Saints trade up for a quarterback, like that report said yesterday, which I don't believe, I keep telling myself they're not this stupid, don't let all this idiocy mess with you. Like, I didn't, I, I tossed and turned all night. I didn't get hardly any sleep last night. I'm like, this is ridiculous. Because I'm, I, but if the Saints trade up for a quarterback, it will be the single dumbest thing they've done since Mike Ditka was the head coach. Like, it would be the, the dumbest thing that the Saints have done this century. We'd have to go back to pre Y2K. So the Saints have done something as stupid as trading up for a quarterback. Now, if they pick one, I think it's really stupid. Really counterproductive. But it won't fall. Like, if they pick one at 19, I'm going to be upset. But it won't be like the stupidest thing done in decades by this franchise. It would be incredibly stupid to trade up. I mean, I, I I really, I mean, I, I don't know what I'm going to, I have no idea. what I would be depressed for a long time. I mean, this would be like we joked yesterday, but it's not a joke. Like, you know, I had a friend text me over the weekend. He said, if the Saints trade up for a quarterback, life as we know it is over. That's kind of the feeling. And I, I kind of concur. It's over. It's like. I mean, it's just, it, you can't be that stupid. And I just don't, they've done too many smart things to be that stupid. So I don't really believe it. But I keep asking myself, what keeps gnawing at me is why do people keep saying this? Like, where is this coming from? Somebody's saying this. Now, it might be Kenny Pickett's agent. Let's hope that it is. Just trying to trumpet it. It might be Malik Willis's agent. Just trying to, to get people to think that the Saints are going to trade up, so maybe someone else will. Or who else, you know, just to rise their stock. Make people think they're a hot commodity. I guess that possible. Why would the Saints do it, though? Like, if it's coming from New Orleans at all, even if it's a lie, I'm trying to wrap my mind around what would be the benefit of that. 
What would be the benefit of it? You know, I've struggled with this, and we talked about it on the air for years. Like, teams know that they lie and send out false information to trick other teams. Well, other teams do it too. <laughs> Why does anyone fall for it? I, j- I just don't understand it. I-, I-, I don't, that part I have never understood. I have never understood that part of this. Like, we know that we lie about the draft as a team I'm talking about. We lie about the draft. So we're going to put out false information through these media sources so we can trick other teams who also lie about the draft. Well, if they know that all these people lie about the draft, then why do they do it? Like, who is it fooling? I, I, I don't understand this. So obviously they think there are some stupid teams out there that it fools, or why would they keep doing this? I've, I, I've asked that question for years, and I've never really gotten a good answer to it. Never. Like, it doesn't make any sense. I guess the only answer is there are some stupid teams out there that fall for this, and it works, and so people try it. It's kind of like... It's kind of like the throw to first base. You know, most of the time it doesn't work. But again, even if it doesn't work, the pickoff move at first, you're at least holding the runner so it still kind of works. <laughs> I, I, I just don't understand how this works. Why do they do it? Now, maybe it's all from the agent. And look, I hope it is. I hope it is because I, I I just, I, I don't know how I'm going to make it. We got two weeks in two days. I don't know how I'm going to make it. I'm telling I didn't get any sleep last night, tossing and turning over there. I don't know. I don't, I really don't know how I'm going to make the next two weeks and two days. They have got to stop all this quarterback talk. It is driving me bonkers. All right, let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Kevin. Yes, sir. How are you? <laughs> I mean, not good. That's kind of a, a rhetorical question. Yes. Kevin. I, I know you're. I know you're not good. And listen, I think I was ever going to get through again because I, I, I poked a little fun at Handel's bowling team rank this morning on the RP3 and company. So she wasn't – my call-in wasn't the normal, you know, jovial. Why are you uh, picking on Hannah? Well, because she said – she left the opening, Kevin, and I couldn't pass up. She said her team was 30th out of 32. I mean, so then I called and said that Hannah's bowling team should be called the Jets. And then Ray said, no, they moved up to 27. I said, ooh, they like the Giants maybe now instead <laughs> of the Jets. So, All right. You know, no, I get it. I get it now. But anyway, okay, Kevin. Man, okay, yesterday after we talked, it's about 10. Everything you click on, quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. But Saints are going to move up. This is how the rest of the NFL feels about, like, what? That's got it, Kevin. Where is this it's coming not, from? I don't know. It's got to be agent stuff. Huh? It has to be agents trying to get their clients up the ladder or whatever. Kevin, there's no way. I, you know, I am just on the same exact boat as you. If they pick one at 19th or 16th, I'm going to be very upset. But I'll be able to get over it. Kevin, if they trade 
basically two years worth of draft for one of these guys. Yeah, the Nick guy can't play. No way he can play this year. He may never be able to play. It's like the flip of the coin. These guys. It would be the dumbest thing to uh, uh, start an NFL football game. Why on earth? I mean, it's not possible. Uh, It can't happen. It's just stuff that I mean, they don't have anything else to talk about. That's their job, you know. So they have to. They got to say stuff like that, but. There's no way you can make me believe that the Saints brain trust is going to do it. I'm trying hard, but, I mean, that's what I do at this time of year. I look and I figure out who's going to get drafted where. That's what I love to do. I mean, it's almost as good as the season. It's the next best thing to the the season. So, man, I I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm I'm struggling. I'm not not losing sleep because I don't sleep that much anyway, but uh, I'm not doing well, I can tell you. And tell Hannah that, well, we still we we like one and two. Uh, I'm still in there with us. All, All right. right, y'all have a great, right. have a great day. Well, see, normally I, I I work a lot of hours and I I'm fat and out of shape. So when I go to bed at night, I'm tired. I normally sleep like a log. I, I toss and turn all night. I just every time I woke up to turn over, I was like, I, I there's no way we're that stupid. I just kept telling myself, there's just no way they're that stupid. Why do people keep saying this? They're just this is just like mental cruelty. All right. I need some therapy. I'm just telling y'all. We I need it bad. Need therapy bad. We'll take a time out. Try to calm down. I I don't I don't know if I'm going to make it, but we'll do it. We'll try Try to calm down. We'll be back on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Are you fluent in Footlish? Not to worry. We're here to help with the Footlish Dictionary. Benedict Arnold's. Benedict Arnold's. Now, an NFL expansion team that stole a bunch of Saints players and coaches when first created, also known as the Carolina Panthers. Now, back to the man with his very own language. Kevin Foote and Footnotes. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Want to remind you, Festival International, if you would like to uh, do Festival International this year, this is the way to do it. Uh, go to the website, sign up for the Rewards Club. You would win, you might win exclusive access to front row and stage seating, shaded seating. Air-conditioned restrooms, express drink lines, shirts, pins, poster, all kind of great. It's the way to do Festival International. So if you would like to, go to the 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com, sign up for the Rewards Club, and you might win all free tickets and all the great prize pack for Festival International thanks to the game. All right, we have gotten news that the LSU baseball game scheduled tonight against Lamar has been postponed. We wait for official word 
on the Cajuns, who are the baseball team is supposed to host McNeese tonight at six. The softball team is supposed to play at Southeastern at six in Hammond. So we will wait and see if those games will be played. Now, the fact that the Cajuns are is artificial turf might make it a little more possible. The fact that McNeese is only coming for an hour away and not coming like two or three hours away. Uh, might make it a little more likely, but it's supposed to be bad storms late in the afternoon into the evening. So we'll wait and see if that if those games are played as well. All right, before we continue to obsess, um, let's go to the game hotline. Talk to Ellis. Hello, Kevin. Yes, sir. Quit stressing. Oh, it's it, 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 it it's it's. I mean, they don't need a quarterback. Why are they going to get somebody that they have to coach up? You know, and that'll take a couple of years before he can even start. Exactly. And look, no, you're right. You're correct. And so I'm seeing offensive tackle and wide receiver. That's That's the only two because they need a left tackle bad. They uh, lost Armstead, which, which wasn't that big of a loss because he missed seven out of, I think it was seven out of nine of the last, uh, or seven out of the last nine games. So they need a defensive tackle, I mean an offensive tackle, left offensive tackle bad. They need a guard also to take uh, Pete's place. So you, you, my thing is either wide receiver or offensive tackle or offensive tackle on the on the second pick. I mean, again, I, I just got someone sent me a mock draft, said the Saints are gonna pick Jamison Williams with the with at um at uh sixteen, gonna pick Charles Cross at nineteen. I don't really believe he's gonna be there, but I would take it and they and they're gonna pick Scene to safety from uh Georgia in the second round. The way I, you know, that may not be exactly what I'd pick, but position-wise, I'm good with it. I, I hope they pick up a safety, a veteran safety between now and then to where they don't have to pick a safety in the second round. But, again, if you ask me right now, I would take that because, you know, all of this avalanche of quarterback talk, again, mentally, it's messing with my mind bad. Well, Kevin, let Dr. Martirant take you a little bit back. They were uh... – the national media was saying that uh, on one show I saw that they didn't have a quarterback that could go in the first round. Now they have two of them going in the first round. So, you know, I think it's the media trying to drive this. And and, and some of these guys have five of them going in the first round. I mean, it's like insanity. Yeah, uh, at first, none, now five. Yeah, I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't make any sense. So just everything will be all right. Sleep great tonight. And in two weeks, we'll, you know, then you can worry about it if it uh, well, doesn't work out. You know, I, I, I hope I can do what you said, Ellis, but I don't have much confidence in myself on that. But I appreciate the call. <laughs> Thanks for the advice. Thank you. Now, look, one thing that could help tonight, the Astros play uh, 840 start at Arizona. By the way, yesterday, I don't know what happened, but yesterday it it said that the Astros 
we're going to face Zach Gallon, and maybe he had a little bit of a setback. I was a little concerned about that, but according to what I saw this morning, it's Luis Garcia against Madison Bumgarner tonight, and then tomorrow afternoon's game is um, Kelly, Merrill Kelly for the uh, Diamondbacks and Framber Valdez for the Astros. So if, if one thing that would help is if the game lasts till midnight or beyond and the Astros win, I might be able to get a good night's sleep tonight and sleep peaceably. But uh, if not, man, I don't know. It, 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 it's craziness. Again, the game hotline is 706-0111, 706-0111. All right. The, the reason, there's a lot of reasons why I'm obsessing over this, but part of it is that um, if this was like five years ago or, or, you know, something like that, I may not be quite so much of a basket case. But the reason why, there, there's a lot of, again, there's a lot of reasons. But one of them is that there is an, that you have to look at what, who you are and where you are. There is an incredible opportunity right now. The NFC is an open book. I mean, the NFC like I know all of, I know mo- most of you think the Rams could go to the Super Bowl the, next year but that's not happening folks the Rams are not going to the Super Bowl next year not, that's not happening um could the Bucks go to the Super Bowl yeah uh can the Saints beat the Bucks uh yeah <laughs> they kind of know how to do that so uh could the Cowboys be so good and maybe make the Super Bowl I guess but the Saints were a fractured team last year, and they almost beat the they could have beat the Cowboys. I, I I think the Saints are capable of beating the Cowboys. Who are they not capable of beating in the NFC? Can somebody please tell me this? Now I don't love the matchup with the Cheaters because they're kind of they kind of do what the Saints do, but I would take my chances on playing the Cheaters in the playoffs. If you pick a, if you listen, understand, if you trade up for a quarterback, which is this insanity that they just relentlessly keep throwing at me every time I just try to breathe and move forward. You realize what that does? Like right now, the Saints didn't give up a first round pick. They simply transferred next year's first round pick to this year. To me, that's not giving up a first-round pick. All they did with the trade was give up a a second-round pick, essentially, give up a second-round pick in 2024, which I'm not wild and crazy about, but okay. But if you trade up, which would be the dumbest thing this team has done this century, then you actually lose the pick. You you have lost that first-round pick for as... Ellis put it, a major question mark. Like, Jameis Winston, it's not even close to 30 years old yet. He just turned 28. He's already thrown for 4,000 yards twice in a bad offense and 5,000 yards once in in a questionable scheme. He's already been in the system for two years. 
He's already got the he's already got the respect of his coaches and teammates. And he's last year in this new scheme he, had, he was 14 and 3, which you know, we can debate, but it, it, the facts are that's what he did. If they draft a redshirt quarterback, you're looking at two years of nothing in an in an era where the NFC is wide open. Why would anyone think about that? Why would you volunteer for two redshirt seasons? I, 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 again, it's just, it's just the dumbest thing I've ever heard. It would be the dumbest thing. I don't even know if Ditka's this dumb, really. I, I, I don't even know if what, well, which is saying a lot because he's pretty stupid, or he was. All right, let's go to the game hotline. Hello. You worry too much, dude. The only people talking about a quarterback are a bunch of national blowhards that don't understand or know the Saints. Nope, that's not true. First off, first off, there is not a quarterback worth trading up for in this draft. I agree. I get, I get how valuable the position is, but the one thing you can give the Saints credit for is they usually stay pretty true to their board. And my guess is their highest-ranked quarterback is Pickett or maybe Willis, and they got to be in the 20 to 25 range, if that high. So, now, you may say if one fell all the way to 19th and they were still there, one of those two, they may consider it. I still don't think they will because they've got needs in other areas. And they that trade, to me, told me that they think they're still a playoff, Super Bowl-contending football team. That's what that trade told to me. The national media said, oh, they got the ammo now to move up and draft a quarterback. That's not worthy of the trade-up, like you said. So I just I think it's a waste of breath. It's not going to happen. The question is, what do they pick with the two picks? And logic says lineman wide receiver, which means that's probably the last thing they're going to do. It's just too logical for them to go in either order, receiver, Lineman or lineman wide receiver. But isn't it time to be logical? Though, Joey, though, if there's ever a time to do the logical thing, this is it. Yeah, look, I'm, I'm, I'm in 100% agreement with you. I said two months ago, if they want one of those linemen, they've got to get ahead of San Diego. I could keep saying San Diego, the Chargers, and they accomplished that. So my guess would be their first pick is going to be Penning. Uh, maybe that kid from uh, uh, – uh, I'm drawing a blank on his Cross. Penny should be there. Cross was my original target. I don't think he's going to get past Seattle now at nine. So I've kind of written him off. But you still got two other tackles that we could get. But for some reason, Kevin, I'm starting to think they're going to take a tackle and then they're going to pass on a wide receiver in the first round. I just and I, I just know Dennis Allen is a defensive coach. And if Devin Lloyd is on the board, that's a top 10, 12, 13 numbered pick. And if you can get him at 19, man, you shore up your linebacker position for the next decade. It's a middle linebacker that never leaves the field. I, I, I get so it, but I, I really think the Eagles are going to pick him, but we'll, but we'll see. But anyway, let, let me get – that's why they may do that at 16 yeah. instead and, and fool everybody and then say, okay, let's see what – But, I, but I got the Eagles picking him at 15. But we'll, but we'll see. We got. I, I don't think they pick them that high, 
because I think they're, they're thinking we can get them at 18 because they're thinking what everybody else is thinking. The Saints are going to take a receiver or a lineman. And same with San, uh, with Los Angeles. They're looking at, at, at probably a lineman. So I, I just think that's the more I look at it, it's the wild card. But if he's there, he's the best value at the pick. And it may not necessarily be an area of need, but with – the injuries we've had at, at linebacker and the question marks we got, I don't. I see it as a logical pick for a defensive-minded coach. We're getting ready to go back to the to the '90s, Kevin, where we won yeah. with defense and running the football. I understand that, and but you I can't think, run the football without any running backs. But anyway, well, that's why I think round two we take a running back. I think, I think, I think they will too. I gotta go, Joey. I gotta go. All right. This is so fun. Well, oh. I don't know. I, I, it's more like agony to me. If they would just stop talking about quarterbacks. All right. We'll take a timeout. Um, and when we come back, we will talk some Cajun baseball. Need to shift it up a little bit. Our conversation with UL baseball coach Matt Deggs next on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Do you ever wonder what kind of coach foot would have been? When they hit it to you and you're in the major leagues, you catch the ball. That's the way that works. Yeah, he may be better suited for talking sports than coaching them. Back to footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. UL baseball coach Matt Deggs and... Coach, I wasn't in Jonesboro, but but I kind of get the impression it wasn't maybe your best weekend performance, but you got the three W's for the first time, and that's all that matters. You know, coming off, Kevin, you, you know, yes and no. It was uh, coming off a big win against a uh, big series win against Georgia Southern and walking into a, a hostile environment up in Ruston and, and we dropped the first one, should have won it, and then found a way to win the second one, which was gigantic. And uh, got there, and and you know that's you got to be tough to play up there in, in Jonesboro, and uh, it just doesn't set up to your eye. I mean, it's uh, wind in your face. It's a massive ballpark. You hit uphill, and they got a big lefty on the mound that I'd watched a lot of, uh, and I really liked the way we came out Friday night. Tally got us off to a good start, and I think we laid down nine bunts and. Uh, stole a bunch of bases, so we're able to use our legs. And then uh, that's where the fun stopped. Uh, <laughs> the next two days were like a trip to the dentist office uh, to get a couple of teeth pulled without anesthetic. I mean, it's uh, it was uh, tough sledding, to say the least. You got wind in your face. and uh, But what saved us was we pitched it pretty dang good, and we played really good defense and then had some timely hits. And, you know – uh, the way I look at baseball is a long season, and, and y'all played a brutal schedule. I, I, y'all were kind of due for a few breaks for the other team to help you out just a little bit here and there. Yeah. Uh, you know, what goes around comes around in this game, and the separator is if you don't have mental toughness and uh, you don't love the game, you know, truly have a, a, a burning passion for it, you can you can kind of relent before it comes back around, but this team just doesn't have that in them, they, you know. We love to play. They'll, our guys will play every day, man. And uh, they, they love each other and they love to compete. And they just stay in the course. 
And uh, they've got an opportunity right now, just the way the, the game presents itself, to, to make some hay. And we've talked about that. And, and uh, we're making our own breaks. Uh, still having a bunch of calls that just ain't going, you know. I mean, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's just been kind of inexplicable, uh, kind of crazy. But we just keep overcoming it. And it's a different hero. You know, you got Cooper Rawls show for the last week, uh, which is a pretty amazing story. And then uh, just kind of a different hitter uh, every night. And guys stepping up out of the bullpen. I mean, Tommy Ray, David Christie, uh, those guys stepping up, getting it done yesterday. Toy coming back. Uh, I mean, it's good stuff. And we played really good defense on a tough field. Just when you have wind on a hard dirt field, that's going to lend itself to having some mistakes. And I think we only had two, and uh, one of them yesterday, the guy's in, inside the baseline. It looked to me, TR's got to throw over the top of him, and then he's throwing into a wind. So it took the ball and just settled. And then the other error, the ball just got under his glove. The day before, I think, could have gone either way. And, and so – our shortstop is just the, the defense he played, and uh, it was pretty good. You know, and just I, I think what happened was the ten to nothing win. Kind of when you look at how many wins they had, and you win ten nothing. I think it deceived some people, but just to let people know, Texas State, who's had a fabulous season, uh, they swept Arkansas State, but two of those wins were five to four and two to one. So it's not like every game's going to be ten to nothing. Well, Coastal went through the same thing over there. No, the. the I, you know, in, in Arkansas State's defense, their losses haven't really been like 10 to nothing. There have been a lot of games like the last two that we played. And they're going to play you like that over there. You can just take that to the bank. I mean, in 14, we lost a game there. We only lost four games all year in conference. Right. All right, so you mentioned Cooper Rawls. I mean, y- 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 we've had some incredible stories this year just out of the blue. But talk about out of the blue. I mean, like what were you? What had y'all seen, or or what were your thoughts on Cooper Rawls before that incredible performance in Ruston? Well, he's he's a really good competitor. He helped Tyler win a, a JUCO national championship last year. Him and Heath Hood both, and he really believes in himself. Uh, but he had to make an arm stroke change. He made an adjustment over Christmas break. Uh, not quite there. Uh, so we got to readjust when he gets back. Then we have a couple of hiccups, uh, et cetera. I'm not going to get into, but, uh, you know, and, and so really hadn't, he hadn't really made the most of it, but give the kid credit. He kept working. Uh, you know, he'd come in and tell me, you know, I can pitch coach. I can pitch man. Uh, which I appreciate. And, uh, you know, going into a, a five game, uh, road trip, we bring it, you know, he hasn't even traveled every time this year. And that that's what I love is when guys don't quit and they just stay the course, you know, that's good stuff right there. That's a, that's a tough kid that, that wants to prove himself. And so we get in a spot where Seth says, I think, you know, let's, let's use Cooper. And, uh, we run him in, uh, who'd we start half? Yeah. We started yeah, half yes. and, and, uh, you know, so Coop comes in, he's a different look. Well, he's spinning the slider, and he can land it any time he wants, and that's a problem for hitters. I don't, you know, and, and you saw that against a good La Tech team, man. 
uh, and he's landing sliders 00, 20, 30, 31. So he's got them off balance, and uh, he's highly competitive and really believes in himself. So uh, it just built momentum, and uh, it was a pretty cool game to watch. Uh, only seen maybe one other kid named Travis Starling we had through a true knuckle curveball, I was just telling Scotty, at A&M. And uh, he was a kid that had to got to pitch early and then had to wait like two years for another turn and winds up being the Big 12 closer of the year. And it was a true Burt Hooten knuckle curveball, not a spike, but where you push the, the two knuckles through the middle of the baseball, and it's it's a violent pitch. And so he has an out pitch, and he, he becomes the Big 12 closer of the year. And, and Coop has an out pitch as well. He can sink you, he can slide you, and he can pull you. And uh, it's it's a lot of strikes. And uh, he bounced back pretty quick. We were able to to basically close him yesterday, although he got a win. Uh, and it's just a really cool story. So you see him kind of in the back end, or you see him in long relief kind of thing the rest of the way? No, I think you could start him. You could close him. Uh, but you got to have a good matchup, right? Uh, kind of, you know, kind of like Hefe, those two are going to do better against better hitting ball clubs because they're going to keep those guys off balance. You're going to have to be careful with teams that don't have as much bat speed as, say, Louisiana Tech or an Arkansas. Uh, they're going to be real good. It's kind of like when we were at Sam and won that regional at, at Texas Tech. We did that with Riley Cooper, uh, who you probably remember started his career off here with us in 14. Right. And uh, he was a softer throwing lefty from a different arm angle that was really good against teams with bat speed that could hit. And so uh, I, I think those two really offset good hitting ball clubs. You know, the other cool thing is, you know, in, in Sunday's victory, Jonathan Brandon, who started out the year as a starter and, and, and hadn't really hit and just kind of, I guess, waited his turn again, and, and, and he was right in the middle of both of your big scoring rallies and had a three-hit day. That had to be good to see. I've been waiting on that for a couple of years out of him. It's in there. Uh, that's what he does every day in practice and, you know, in the fall seasons and just been waiting on him to, to parlay that and just, you know, game time opportunity and and capitalize on it and uh you know it started in his bps he's not playing you know against uh la tech and but his bps are sharp man i mean they are crisp and on point uh really really whipping the barrel and using his hands and he's got good transfer it's through the dish and a really good finish and so we get an opportunity to get him out there and you could see it and uh, so hopefully he can ride that and, and believe in it and, and uh, help us for a little while. Tommy Ray had another huge you know, I'll tell you this. Let me tell you this. Okay. You know, what really the, the number one thing he did, and it really kind of encapsulates our program and ball club, was I, in the extra inning yesterday, we Julian hits a 110-mile-an-hour line drive to left, and uh, with one out, our guys know you got to be on third base. And he ran right in that left fielder's face, and it's bang, bang at third. And at that point, that's where we won the game. And that that's just kind of embodies how we play. And so I was proud of Jonathan, man. That was a very aggressive, we're, we're here to win type play. 
and also in Sunday's win, you know, it wasn't looking good in the bottom of the eighth inning. They had the bases loaded and, and, and nobody out, and the game is tied at four. And Ray, who looked like he was going to be a, a starter, and, and now he's a reliever, really kind of played, you know, as big a role as anyone in winning that game and getting that sweep by getting out of that jam. It's gigantic. You know, on the road, the bottom of the eighth is like the top of the ninth at home. And it's uh, – you know, they, we go, uh, I don't even remember how it started, but you look up and it's, what, what is it? Oh, that's where TR throws the ball away. Right. And uh, so what they go, knock, bunt, error, second and third. Walk. Uh, new guy in the game, uh, left-hander number one, left-handed hitter, uh, who likes to bunt. So haven't done this but we pitch him at practice i bring rocco in from left and move tommy to first jaybo goes to second and then bob goes to left and it's a one one count and i did that for a couple of reasons i want the left on left and uh i, I think rocco has a better chance of filling the bond right and uh we land a breaking ball and then we miss, miss, and wind up walking the kids. So uh, now I've burned my DH. So we're playing National League baseball. You know, baseball the way it's meant to be played <laughs> uh, for the re- for the rest of the way. Yeah. And and uh, so then Tommy just rides that big fastball, and uh, we get they're anxious. You know, and he's able to use them against them, and they chase up, chase up, uh, get an out, get two outs, and uh, boy, Bob made a heck of a play to finish that thing, and uh, it was it, we just played good baseball. Well, coach, everything's heading in the right direction, and we appreciate your time as always. Keep it up, and um, good luck the rest of the way. Thanks, Kevin. I'll see you in a little. All right, while. take care. UL baseball coach Matt Deggs and uh, got the three victories and the Cajuns are, are are certainly heading in the right direction now. Four games over five hundred, two over in the league, and things are looking up. We'll be back on the game one zero three seven Lafayette one zero four one Lake Charles Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Kevin Foot. An award-winning journalist, popular sports talk show host, and a man who apparently moonlights as a doctor. A medicine season of a different strand in 12, obviously, because the criminal commissioner decided to inflict them with with the, the whole bounty gate silliness. His descriptions of illnesses are extremely concise. A normal strand of a medicine season. It was a different strand. Just out of the blue from Timbuktu and all of this bounty gate silliness. Dr. Foot is ready to write a prescription for what ails your favorite team here with more footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. Want to remind you, Astros tonight, 840. Astros at Arizona. That game can be heard right here on 
1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. So we remember that. Speaking of medicine seasons, if the Astros trade up for a quarterback, it'll be a medicine season of a different strand, all right? It'd be called like drinking cyanide. That would be the medicine season of a different strand that this would be if they would make that incredibly stupid move. So let's hope that doesn't happen. And speaking of incredibly stupid moves, Look, I, I get intensity and, and getting upset. You know, I do that with the best of them sometimes. But Alec Baum, who I've never been real high on as a prospect, and fantasy-wise or otherwise, he makes three errors last night, and then somehow he gets um, caught saying that he hates this place, talking about Philadelphia and playing with the Phillies. Cat, <laughs> that is not a good move. Not a good move, especially with the reputation of the Philadelphia fan. To come out and say that you hate this place, it's the first week of the season. Can you really be that frustrated? I know it was a rough night. You made three errors. Cat, they didn't make three errors. You made three errors. Not a good move. He probably, Alec Baum probably thinks you ought to trade up to get a quarterback. Not a good move, Alec. All right, that'll do it for the first hour. Another hour to follow on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You can watch a simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. The game hotline 706-0111. If you would uh, like to get in, uh, be a therapist, agree. I mean, look, there are some people out there that agree with this quarterback foolishness. I, I don't, I don't, don't, don't. It, look, if you agree with it, don't feel like I don't want you to call. I do want you to call because I want to hear. I just gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I can't even understand it. So just please explain it to me. I would love to hear those of you who think a quarterback is a good idea. I made a huge mistake. I, I happened to glance at another mock draft during the break. This cat had the Saints picking Sam Howell. Sam Howell. In the first round. Not the third round. The first round. I don't think people know what the first round of the NFL draft is anymore. Uh, Unbelievable. By the way, uh, before we go to the game hotline and hopefully – Help have me get a little more therapy. I um want to remind you the Astros will be right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles tonight at 840, because the LSU game against the, the Diamondbacks. The LSU game has been canceled tonight against Lamar. 
Still waiting on word whether the Cajuns are going to play its home game, baseball at Russo against uh, McNeese. And the softball team is scheduled to play Southeastern and Hammond. So we don't know yet whether those games are going to be played. Expecting a lot of rain, bad weather this afternoon. So we'll we'll wait and see. Maybe it'll be done before the end of the show. Maybe not. We will um, wait and see and certainly pass along that information if we get it. Let's go to the game hotline and um, talk to therapist Ralph. Hello. <laughs> well, you're not going to get me to uh, say I want a quarterback in this draft, okay? So, uh, yeah, so, so sorry about that but because uh, it, it just does not uh, not make any sense. I just as soon get Thurston Howell off of Gilligan's <laughs> Island before I take Sam Howell in the yeah. first round. Sam Howell. <laughs> <sighs> Uh, but uh, but no, yeah, yeah, I saw a mock that you know, and I I really hate mock drafts to be honest with you. But I did see one I, I kind of like last night. Uh, and I don't remember the receiver's name that they had, but but it was in the second round. And, and I started thinking about it, and it kind of made sense um, where they would go, you know, offensive tackle, you know, first first pick, depending on who's there, you know, probably pinning. Um, and then, and I hadn't really thought about this position, but. You know, this is an intriguing prospect. If Jordan Davis is still there, the, the, the big tackle from, from Georgia, defensive tackle, man, you don't find many 6'6 guys, 341, that can run a 478. And interior pressure has been something, you know, we, 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 we get some good, you know, run stoppers in the middle. But, man, we could use a, a, an Aaron Donald type, you know, that could. Uh, could rush the passer from from there as well, and 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 that would be an, to me an intriguing prospect. And then go, you know, receiver in the second round. What, what do you think about that? Well, I I have look. It's all better than quarterback. Okay, let's start off with that. <laughs> uh, but my second point on that is that is not the first person I've seen that that has Jordan Davis going to the Saints. I just. You know, it seemed like they've exhibited a decent amount of their offseason on, on addressing the defensive line. I'm not uh, – do I think Jordan Davis is better than, you know, what the Saints have gotten, like Taco and these other defensive linemen, uh, the guy Street from the Cheaters? Uh, do I think Jordan Davis is better? Yeah, but can you afford to address the defensive line again when you picked one last year uh, and then, you you know, you traded – I know defensive ends and in, interior guys are different, but I still kind of look at it as defensive line. I – I, I, I don't know if they can afford to do it, but no, he is an intriguing player because he is a beast. I mean, a beast. Now, some people have, some people don't believe he's going to be there when the Saints pick at 16, which is possible because he is a unique talent. So would I absolutely hate it? No, but do I, do I think they need to address the other positions ahead of that? Yes. Yeah. And, and I, I, you know, I, I agree, Kevin, I, I tell you the, the only thing that even the, the pride, I know we need receiver, believe me, but but man, you know, there's been just as many number one receivers that have failed through the years as, oh, no. as Look. the that, you know, <laughs> it, it scares me to death, to be honest with you. You know, I, I'm I'm kind of one of those big nasty people. You kind of build a line, and you, and in second, third round, we, there's been just as many elite receivers come out in, in those rounds. But my my other question was this. Knowing the need we do have at receiver and the failure to address it in the offseason with, you know, any kind of really moves in free agency, I don't consider resigning Traquan Smith a move. Um, but 
can we afford? Let, you know, most analysts have Jamison William. You know, he would be a top five pick in, in if he was healthy. Can we afford to draft a receiver if he falls because of his injury and has to sit out half the year? Can we afford that luxury at this point, knowing the potential that he has to be elite? Well, it just it just depends on the doctors, and it, it's it's interesting that you brought that up because I saw I read something last night that where I forget who said it, but that the thought the prevailing thought was that that he was going to be be ready by October. Initially, you're here in November, and this person, whoever it was, I forget, suggested October. Which, you know, you, you, your first game is what tenth, eleventh, twelfth, the second week of September. So if he's re- if you really believe he's that elite, which we talked about this in in passing a couple of weeks ago, you would have. I mean, to me, as anxious I am to get going here, uh, if you really think he's the best receiver on your board, and your doctors are telling you October, I'd be more willing to, to as a fan, to say, okay, I'm willing to take that risk. But I don't know, man. If he if he misses half the season, I know that's short term thinking, but right now I've got some short term. After what we went through last year, and, and looking at 41 with a suspension, and possibly uh, May with a suspension, I just can't take any more of this half a season stuff. No, and you know what concerns me too a little bit, Kev, is that, and I don't know how maybe this isn't as important as it used to be, um, but, you know, Jameis uh, really, you know, only having played a few games last, well, seven games, but, um, you know, bringing in some new receivers and whatnot, um, and, and he, you know, depending on what point in training camp he's ready, hopefully it'll be early on. He has to still develop a chemistry with those receivers. You know, he I don't know that he's been able to, to get that down yet, you know, so so that's a process as well, you know. So um, I but, agree. But let's, you know, let's just hope it all all works out for the best. It, um, like you said, it, it's kind of fun to, to know you have two number ones, but boy, it, it 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 is stressful. And if I, well, if I see something flash across the screen about a trade and the top. And then I know it's gonna happen. Oh Lord! It, it, uh, I was, again, life I as we know it will be over. That, that that's oh, yeah. what we're going with. Yes. At, at that point, is yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. All right, yeah. Well, well, have a good man. By the way, I just wanted to thank you because uh, you know you brought up something the other day, you and uh, Hannah, and uh, I'm gonna save a lot of money this year on Easter. I just want to give my grandkids. Pop-Tarts and a couple of pounds of butter, and we're good to go. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Great idea. <laughs> All right, man. Take, <laughs> Take care. Take care. Thanks. Um, no, the, the, the you know, the Jamison Williams thing is, is fascinating. I, 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 something tells me that most teams, and I don't know this, I'm just speculating, something tells me that most teams have him as their top-rated wide receiver. It's just they're weighing the whole, can, what his injury situation, do we really want, or are you basically throwing away his rookie season? Because let's say he's out for two months injury-wise. Then at that point, really, how much is he going to accomplish the rest of the season? He's a rookie. I know he's extremely talented. But are are you inviting? Okay, it's gonna and let's say it takes him a month to get just used to the NFL and on the same page with the quarterback. 
that he hasn't been working with because he's been injured. Uh, it, it, it's almost like it, you have to gauge with Jamison Williams. When do you think he's going to be able to start, and when do you think he? It's realistic that he's going to be be able to. He's not going to hit the ground running. Uh, that's probably unrealistic. And so are you really volunteering if you drive Jameson Williams for a redshirt season, essentially? Now, if you think he can come in by early October and you think he's so far advanced that he's going to hit the ground run again, that's what you have to gauge. I, and look, Ralph brought up, look, I've been anti-picking wide receiver forever. A lot of people have called me out on it, and, and, and I answered that last week. And if you did, the, the re, what I'm thinking here is, What I've been thinking is this. I, I don't expect Michael Thomas, Plastic Man, to come back and catch 150 passes. I'm basing my expectations on this team and what I my the way I see this story playing out in my little mind is, you know, he might catch 80 balls. I I, I mean, just over half of the production he had in his in his glory year or two. I, I'm 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 not expecting anywhere near a record break. I don't even want that. Um, and so if I could just, if it, in other words, you get a certain amount of production out of him, which is not going to be what it was before. Number one in the league kind of talk. I'm not even thinking that Hardy, he never plays, always hurt. And so, you know, I think Traquan's probably a little better than we think he is, but he's got to play. He's always hurt. And so I'm wanting to draft wide receivers, not that I think they're going to be the savior of the franchise or, or or one of the best 10 players on the team. I just want, as I explained, I want to get in a situation where you have six receivers that are capable of helping you, and maybe four of them will be healthy, or maybe three of them will be healthy. Because but if you look between the amount of games, I know everybody thinks all these receivers are terrible. I don't think they're terrible. I just don't think they ever play. If you look at the amount of games, Traquan, Deontay Harris, now called Hardy, we call Mighty Mouse on this show, and Michael Thomas have played in the last two seasons. It's not a lot. They haven't played that many more games than I have. Like, they don't ever play. And the and 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 the idea that anybody could have judged the quarterback play from an offense last year when none of the receivers ever played. Is, is preposterous to me. Crazy. So I'm just trying to throw as many darts to the... Because look, if you tell me right now, if you told me right now, every one of the Saints receivers are going to play 17 games and be healthy. I'm good with picking a receiver in the second or third round. Don't need one in the first round. But I'm so gun-shy from the last two seasons of injury, 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 injury. Can you really count on that? No, you can't. So I'm trying to get I'm trying to get three or four healthy receivers. And I think picking two in this draft is the cheapest way to do it. Because again, Ralph brought up the free agent wide receiver crop. Well, the 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 price demands for the free agent wide receiver crop are so over the top, the Saints would be crazy to sign a veteran receiver. For 20, you can't sign Jarvis Jarvis Williams for 20 million. No way. You can't sign Chris. Would you be happy with, with the Jaguars 
pay Christian Kirk? Absolutely not. It, the, the, the wide receiver free agent market is just silliness right now. You can't go down. That's why you have to pick rookie receivers. You have to. All right. We'll take a timeout. We'll be back with more on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Time to open up the vault for the games this day in sports history. April 12, 1964. Arnold Palmer wins the Masters by six shots over Dave Marr and Jack Nicklaus. The victory makes Palmer the first four-time winner of the Masters, and it's his seventh and final major win. That was this day in sports history. We now return to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. I need that today. Welcome back to the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Want to remind you if you would like to get a $50 gift certificate to Richard Seafood Patio in Abbeville, you need to go to the website, 1037 The Game, 1037 Lafayette, or 1041thegame.com. Join the clubhouse, and you might win a $50 gift certificate to Richard Seafood Patio where you can get the best ball crawfish, ball shrimp, ball crabs, grilled seafood, burgers, steaks, po' boys, and that famous word, seafood buffet. And you can't win, though, if you don't go to the website, 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. Now we're about to speak to a man whose cooking is plenty good enough to be in any restaurant, Mr. Bobby Nova. How are you, sir? I'm fine. Thank you, Kevin. How are you this morning? Oh, I'm, What did I, you need today? I heard you say that when, oh, I need, when you came on the air. Oh, I, I need therapy. I, I didn't sleep last night. I, <laughs> I, I keep getting bombarded with these silly things about how the Saints are going to trade up for a quarterback, and I just – it's messing with my mind. I mean, it really is. It, it's just – it's like torture. It's mental torture. And and and, and that's gonna, is that going to change anything? Is is that going to make them not? I'm trying to. Re, I'm hoping that it does. Yes, I'm trying to prepare oh, okay. Okay. myself for it. Okay, yes. all right. <laughs> checking with you. All right. So while we're checking, before we get to a little Cajun softball talk, I, you watch as much Yankee baseball as anyone. So, you know, is how much is Aaron Judge worth? Is essentially like. I understand, you know, negotiations are negotiations, or what they are. You never know how that's going to work out and, and how this is going to play out. But is Aaron Judge worth what he wants or close to what he wants with you watching him as you do almost every day? Well, um, I, that's a hard question to answer. I mean, it's going to all depend on this season. He's taking a big risk. He's turning down $30.5 million for seven years. You know, that's a lot of money. What if he lays a big old leg this season and and then becomes a free agent? You know, I think he's taking a, a big risk. And uh, But if he hits, you know, 45, 50 home runs and drives in 120 runs and the Yankees go to the World Series, which they're not going to do, uh, 
then 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 you know then the risk is probably worth it. So just a hard question to answer, you know. The whole betting on himself thing is fascinating to me. I mean, because again, you you only have so much control in a game, in, in, especially in a game of baseball, where you only get to hit once out of every nine times. I mean, you only have so much control on the team's success. Yeah, and, and Kevin, he's thirty-one years old, and uh, he's thirty-one years old, and he's taking a big risk. They offer him seven years, and I mean, that would put him at 38, so I don't know. In my opinion, he's just taking a big chance, and uh, we'll just have to wait and see what happens after this this season's over. So, All right, speaking of getting good night's sleep or not, it, explain to me how much better you slept Sunday night after the Cajuns' very convincing weekend sweep of Troy as opposed to how you slept uh, Thursday night, say. I sleep good every night, Kevin. <laughs> you know, um, I'm, I'm able to turn the page pretty quick. I mean, I, I, I mean, I get disappointed and uh, when 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 the team loses, and but uh, by the time I get home, and you know, I normally sleep pretty good. But it was a very but encouraging did, but, weekend. But trust me, I slept. I slept really good Sunday night for sure. How encouraging was the weekend to you? Uh, it was very encouraging. Um, it's going to depend on how we play tonight and into the weekend. And I mean, this is a this is a critical uh, eleven game road swing. The Cajuns are about to get on. It's it's going to be very challenging. And hopefully, you know, we we, we didn't take two steps forward and one step back. I guess is what I'm trying to say. So it's, it's, you know, it's something that we have to carry over into this road trip. You play South Alabama Thursday, Friday, and Saturday scheduled anyway uh, in Mobile. Is it more? Is it more important? And we talked about this uh, a couple of weeks ago. Is it more important in your mind right now to win the Sun Belt Conference or to help your RPI? Is it more important? Um, We've put ourselves in a pretty good position RPR-wise. I think we're at 38 right now. And, um, uh, man, I think one is as important as the other, to answer your question, I guess, if that makes sense, you know. Because if if, if you lose to conference teams, your RPI is going to probably go down. And, of course, your, your chances to win the conference are going to go down. And I think it's important, probably a little bit more important this year, that you win the uh, the conference uh, regular season championship than it than it's been maybe in the past because of the RPI not being as high as we normally are. So I don't know if that answers your question or not. No, kind of caught me off guard. No, there. I think I I think it does. I just think that I you know I think you believe from our previous conversations, unless you something has changed your mind that. If you win the regular season, you're going to get an at-large. If, if you win the regular season and, and, and make it to the championship game of the tournament, you're definitely going to get an at-large. And, you know, maybe you don't even have to – maybe you don't even have to make it to the championship game, but that would, that would really secure, secure an at-large if we won the regular season and, and, and made it to the championship game and then maybe lost and – 
in the championship game, I think we would be in, in really, really good shape. So after the last, seeing what she did the last two weekends, are you pretty confident that Sam Landry can carry the workload that it looks like they have scheduled for her the rest of the way, where she's going to be pitching twice every weekend and, you know, probably, you know, in the conference tournament at least twice kind of thing? Yeah, I think she can handle it, Kevin. But but I'll also look at at how Kendra Land has pitched uh, the last couple of times out. Man, she's just been she's been really lights out, you know, against McNeese, and then on Saturday against um, who did we play last weekend? Troy. Uh, yeah, she looked really good in those two outings. And if she can continue to pitch that way and continue to be healthy, I think that's going to take some pressure off of Sam and and then you know you may get in a you may get a weekend where they may give Kendra two starts and uh and, and put Sam in the middle just to kind of you know give her a little bit more rest or but uh I think the key to Sam in my mind is is, is how well Kendra's going to pitch the rest of the way one of the things that you've learned spending a lot of time around the Cajun softball program and, you know, we've heard it from other sports as well, is that team chemistry might be more important in in women's athletics at the collegiate level and I guess maybe even in, at the high school level than it is on the male side. But it's it's extremely important for both of them. Well, how much is it? I know we don't really know how much the performance this weekend uh, was a result of what Coach Glasgow described as better team chemistry. You know, now that there's been some changes in the roster, but 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 how important do you think that is having to do with the results from this weekend? I think it's important, Kevin, especially with the, with the top of road trip you got coming up. You know these kids are going to be, they're going to be together on a plane. They're going to be together on a bus, and they're going to be together in a hotel for like, I don't know what is it, ten or eleven days. So, I think it's a lot more important when you get, when you're traveling than it is when you're at home. Hopefully that, you know, that makes a little bit of sense. Right. But I really, I really believe that's the case. Especially, you know, you're not just going on a a three-day weekend road trip, man. You you know you're gonna be on the you you're gonna be on the road Thursday, Friday, Saturday. You come home Saturday night, get on a plane Sunday evening, and then you're going for you're going for eight days. So these kids are gonna be around each other a lot, and so team chemistry is gonna be uh, very important on that road trip. I think. Um, absolutely. It sounds, it sounds absolutely critical. And, um, you know, I, I, I kind of, it's gonna, I think we've kind of laughed and joked and going back and forth since, since our first preseason conversation that predicting who's going to play which position each day, that it's going to change constantly. And, and, and our original hunch was absolutely correct. It changes constantly, but do, do you get the sense that, Maybe it's about to stop changing as much, or are we? Am I fooling myself here? No, I don't think you're fooling yourself. I think what we're seeing is Coach Glasgow's uh, having a pretty good idea of where he wants to play kids. And and, and again, it, it depends if they keep hitting. You know, a kid like Melissa Mayu is going to be in the lineup as long as she keeps hitting. And uh, 
I think you may see some type of a rotation with, with uh, Kayla Faltman and Samantha Greta and Kramer Ushtay where maybe, you know, they would play two games and maybe sit one game. I know he likes all three of those kids. Of course, if Kayla Falterman continues to hit like she's sitting, you know, he's going to have to just leave her in the in the lineup and maybe just alternate the other two. But besides those three kids, I, I think he's to a point where he, he knows who he wants in the lineup each and every day. And, uh, you know, Carly Heath, he's, you know, she's had, I don't know, three, four, five games in a row at the DP position. So it looks like he's, he's kind of settled on her. And, uh, you know, as long as she, you know, she keeps producing and, she had a really good game against McNeese on Wednesday night. So um, I think that's kind of where Coach Glasgow is uh, without talking to him about it. And, then, you know, that's pretty much pure speculation, but that's kind of what I'm seeing. By the way, real quick, I know you're the weather expert. Are, are the Cajuns going to play tonight, or what percentage you give on that? I, I think I think it's looking better and better. I, I think the, the, uh, the, the, the real rainy weather is going to get to the – southeastern part of the state later on tonight um you know every time i look at the forecast i get a little bit more encouraged that we, we should be able to get the game in tonight that's just my hopes you know right absolutely all right one more thing bob um south alabama pitching defensive team so would you if you were making the lineup would you go more of an offensive thing to uh, line up to try to outscore them or would you try to play better defense against a pitching defensive team to try to get the three w's well you, you saw the formula for winning last weekend kevin we did everything we pitched we we hit we played good defense no mental mistakes and no base running mistakes that's the you know that's the formula for winning in my opinion and uh, I just think Coach Glasgow is going to kind of go with the same lineup that he's been going with the last couple of weeks and let the chips fall where they may. We just as long as we can, you know, pitch with South Alabama, I think we'll be in pretty good shape. All righty, sir. Well, I appreciate your time as always. Um, good luck on the trip. Are you going to Mobile? I am going to Mobile, but I am not going. Next week. Taking a week off, Kevin. <laughs> Indiana, <laughs> Illinois. Oh, man. North Carolina. That's okay. that's quite a trip. Indiana, Illinois, and Missouri it does not bother me. But I've told you this before, and I'm going to tell you again. I'm not going up a mountain in a bus. <laughs> well, I went up and down a mountain in a pick up truck, and I was still scared to death. So I'm with you there. All right. I appreciate oh. it, Bobby. All right, buddy. We'll take talk care. To you soon. Thank you. All right, right, we'll take a break. We'll come back after this timeout on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Here on Footnotes, you may not always exactly hear what you want to hear, but you will hear what you need. And of course, I got all these. Oh, you're an idiot. You know, what kind of safe fan are you? Look, I'm not telling you what I want to happen. I'm telling you what's going to happen, what more than likely is going to happen. Back to more of the sports talk you need to listen to with footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Ooh, 
Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. 103.7 Lafayette, one zero four one Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. The game hotline is 706-0111. 706-0111. You have any thoughts about the Saints or the NFL draft? Do you have any thoughts about, you know, college baseball, softball, or the NBA? Tonight, the NBA postseason technically starts. Now, I'm sure there's some people out there that says, well, the, the playoffs really start when they finish this little play-in situation uh, scenario and, and the play-in games are, are played, and then, then we start. Okay, I'll, I'll buy that. But th- this is still, it's kind of like the NCAA tournament where you have those little games that are played on Tuesday and Wednesday now. I, I think it's still part of the whole event. And so NBA, you know, a lot of us, um, I'm more in that boat where I start paying a whole lot more attention to the NBA in the playoffs, just like there are a lot of people who don't really pay that close attention to Major League Baseball in the regular season, but in the playoffs they'll watch it because there's so much, you know, there's there's a finality to it. So that process starts tonight at 6 o'clock. Cavaliers play the Nets, and then uh, followed by the Clippers and the Timberwolves. And again, for those of you who aren't real familiar, seven plays eight if – um. The winner of that game advances and becomes the seventh seed. And the loser has to lose again for them to not make the, you know, the the actual playoff. So if you're a seven or eight seed, you got to get beat twice. Um if you are a nine or ten seed, like the Pelicans are, then you gotta win twice. And the Pelicans, by the way. Uh, Wednesday's schedule is Charlotte will play Atlanta. The winner of that game will be in as the seventh seed. And then the the Pelicans host the Spurs. And if they win that game and then beat the loser of the Atlanta-Charlotte game, no, of the Clippers-Timberwolves game, I should say, that's the Western Conference, then they will advance. And... um, so we'll see what happens. I, you know, I, obviously most of the national media's focus is on the Nets uh, because of the high-profile players that they have. And a lot of people think that the Nets are going to be the – if they win, if they get to be the seven seed, then they will um, be the favorites to, to make the finals. So, again, you know, you may say, oh, why are you playing? You know, these games aren't that important. They're going to get beat anyway. Well, well, possibly. But there are a lot of people that believe if the Nets get out of this that they're going to be the favorites to make the NBA Finals. So, we'll see. Um, some, some of these first-round matchups are going to be more interesting than some people think, especially when you consider the fact that, like, the Sixers look like a very – very uh, iffy team, very iffy. And so, again, for a lot of us, we're not huge NBA fans. But if you're if you're a playoff NBA fan, then it kind of starts tonight. Just throwing that out there, uh, and we'll see how these matchups, and we'll see what the Pelicans can do um, tomorrow. All right, let's go to the game hotline. Hello, Mister Foot. How are you, sir? I'm I'm doing great. Hey, I heard you last week describe the Red Sox lineup as 
fabulous. That was the word you used. I think it's really and good. I, you don't think? I think it's horrible. <laughs> they've, they've got about three players on the entire team that are that are that are above average. They don't have one pitcher in their entire organization. Not a one. Do, well, do I, want... I don't. I don't. I didn't say the pitching was any good. The pitching is well, highly questionable. I agree with you. I think their lineup is very good. Kike Hernandez, who is O for the season, does not have a single hit. Kike Hernandez is a spot utility player, the way he was used in Los Angeles. I'm with you there. He is not an everyday player. Okay. I, I'm okay. good with that well, comment. Well, He's one of the centerpieces of their team. Well, no. he, he, Center field, leadoff batter. Yeah, but you, you have an above-average DH. You have an above-average second baseman. You have above-average hitting shortstop. You have above-average hitting third baseman. Uh, and 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 I think Alex Verdugo is going to be a continue to be a pretty good player. I don't know if he's above average yet, but I, I think maybe not way above average, but I think he's, you know, average to maybe a hair above average. That's a lot of good hitters. You got two of your three outfielders that are that are bad: Jackie Bradley Jr. and Kike Hernandez. Trevor Story, he's already missed two games. Some kind of flu-like symptom. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what his. Uh, and, yeah, and but that's got, not. He's long got time. one hit. He's looked terrible in the games that he's played in. But don't you uh, think Dahlbeck is is a pretty decent young player? You don't like him, Dahlbeck. Uh, to, if you want to get Dahlbeck out, just just throw balls above and below the strike zone. He gets himself out. He hits home runs if you make a mistake and put it center cut. But if you pitch him up around his shoulders or uh, below his knees, he's going to swing at it and strike out. The catcher position is weak defensively and below average offensively. Devers is, still has to prove that he can uh, play defense, which uh, is still up in the air. Bogarts, to me, he's already starting to wane. He's a free agent, I think, at the end of the year. Yes, sir. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't resign him. Well, again, I didn't pick him to win the division. I didn't pick him to win the division or finish second in the division. But I bet you they fin. But I bet you they finished top three in the league in runs scored. They're a distant fourth in the betting odds from uh, Las Vegas, a distant fourth in the AL East. They are not a good team. I, I figure maybe 80 wins. Maybe 80 it's wins. possible. They're not going to get lucky like they did last year with that ragtag pitching staff that somehow they were able to uh, uh, overcome because of the offense. I just I don't see it. You want to get J.D. Martinez out? Low and away, low and away, low and away. Another guy that swings at everything, low and away out of the zone. So it, it's just, uh, they're a bad team. They're a bad team. That's all there is to it. Their GM, he's horrible. Jaime Bloom. Your, your, big, your big pitching acquisitions of Michael Walker and 
Rich Hill. Wow. <laughs> the bullpen is the same guys from last year that weren't any uh, good. Brazier gives up a you know game winning home run last night. It's After no the bullpen. The bullpen has Walker, yeah the bullpen has serious issues. No, serious yeah. issues. Serious is right. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah, Thanks, Joe. Clue you in. Okay. Thanks. All right. Bye bye. <laughs> and by the way, that's his team. Now again, uh, you know he's a Red Sox fan. That's and so he obviously he knows more about him than I do. He certainly watches them more than I do. I just I. I my statement that he somehow, I would be surprised unless they get a lot of injuries. If it, it would not, or I should say, it would not surprise me at all. I kind of expect they will finish top three in the league in run scored. Now that doesn't mean they have any pitching, and that doesn't mean they can play defense. But I bet you they finished three or four in run scored. We'll see. By the way, getting news. The Cajun baseball game will not be played tonight. Scheduled home game against McNeese. We don't know yet whether it is um, postponed. In other words, they're going to remake it up later. I don't. A lot of times, if you don't have a Wednesday game, you would just move it from Tuesday to Wednesday. But I don't expect that to happen this week because of Easter weekend. They're playing Thursday, Friday, Saturday at home against Monroe. And so I wouldn't think they would play a game on Wednesday when the conference series weekend series starts on Thursday. So if they do make it up, it would be later on. So we haven't heard yet. And according to Bobby, the weather is more important. Maybe not. Maybe won't impact Hammond as much as it does, um, you know, Lafayette in the southern south of, of uh, southeast Louisiana. So we'll see on, on softball. But as of now, uh, we've gotten word. No earlier, we got word. No LSU baseball tonight against Lamar. No Cajun baseball tonight against McNeese. And. and uh, well, I'm sure maybe by the end of the day or in the next week or so, we'll get word whether it's being made up or not. And we'll wait. We'll hold out and see if softball plays tonight against um, Southeastern on the road. Or they will just stay home for a day. And then, uh, again, they'll start that long road trip that Bobby was detailing in Mobile on Thursday evening. So, no, it's uh, it's early. With Major League Baseball, it's really early. But, uh, no, I mean, there's some statements you can make about teams. Doesn't mean, you know, early on. Remember, the fir- after the first weekend last year, they got completely dominated by the Orioles, the Red Sox did, in the first weekend of the series. And they ended up in the American League Championship Series. So you just never know. Like right now, the Braves look terrible. They've they given up, I mean, unbelievable amounts of runs. I still think the Braves will make the playoffs. Now they're having a medicine season. They're not going to the World Series. That's not happening. But uh, I picked them as one of my wild cards, and I still feel pretty good about that. But they're getting off to a rough start, which is not unusual. Not unusual at all. Uh, but it's, you know, obviously, again, in terms of the football season, we are, um, what have we played, four or five games. We're... Um, you know, about approaching halftime, two-minute warning in the first game of the season of the first half. That's where we are right now in the Major League Baseball season. Long, long way to go. Long way to go. All right, we'll take a timeout, come back, finish out today's show. 
next on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. call in and say Pete Rose deserves to be in the Baseball Hall of Fame. You can call and proclaim that the Houston Astros were the only team that stole signs. Just know this. Foot will disagree with you. Call into Footnotes with Kevin Foot at 337-706-0111. Back to more Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Want to remind you about the world-famous Angola Prison Rodeo. If you would like to win free tickets to the Angola Prison Rodeo, you simply need to text Angola to 68683. Text Angola to 68683. You might win free tickets to the Angola Prison Rodeo scheduled for... April the 23rd and 24th, thanks to the game. All right. So I feel a little better. I think some of the therapy today worked, which is, I was hoping for that. I needed that. Needed somebody to kind of calm me down a little bit. Had a rough night. I'm hoping I don't see quarterback report after quarterback report. I'm just, I, it, it's just, it's, it's driving me bonkers. But again, if you have not heard, Cajun baseball tonight canceled. We'll find out if it's postponed or not. Scheduled to play McNeese at home. LSU baseball tonight against Lamar. Canceled. Have not heard about that postponement yet. And we'll wait. We'll await word later on today whether the softball team begins its road trip tonight in Hammond or if that gets canceled and the softball team begins its lengthy road trip on Thursday in Mobile as it opens against a three-game conference series against first place South Alabama, obviously a huge, huge series for the Cajuns. All right, we'll see how how bad the weather gets today and get a little break. And remember, Astros tonight, 840, and you can hear that right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Have a nice day.